Good morning. Just a couple announcements before we begin our worship. Uh, first, the new directories are in. Uh, they're in the back table, so feel free to help yourself to one of those uh, whenever you're, you, you leave today. Also, uh, the adult confirmation class will resume uh, this coming Thursday at 6 p.m. I uh, also have an announcement about LWML. Uh, the Eastern District LWML Fall Zone Rally will be Saturday, October 14th. Uh, women should have received an email about this last week with a sign-up link, but you may also RSVP to Tevia if you're interested in attending. Um, LWML is also taking an in-gathering collection at that event to benefit Heritage Community Foundation. Uh, there is a list of items being collected, and that list is in the back of the sanctuary, and donations for that must be brought to the church uh, no later than next Sunday, if you can. The Old Testament reading for this, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost, is from the 18th chapter of Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not just. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way not just? Is not your ways that are not just? When a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. For the injustice that he has done, he shall die. And again, when a wicked person turns away from the wickedness he has committed and does what is just and right, he shall save his life because he considered and turned away from all the transgressions that he had committed. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is not just. O house of Israel, are my ways not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the second chapter of Philippians. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy... Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. 
Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. This is the word of the Lord. Our holy gospel is from the 21st chapter of St. Matthew. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them, I also will ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Then why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we're afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you. From God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Pharisees were the Bible's version of grumpy old men. When John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Jordan, people were coming from all over the country. And the Pharisees were just standing there with their arms folded, shaking their heads at all these people coming. And all these people were coming to be baptized for good reasons. Maybe they had really hurt someone by what they had done. Sin can do that sometimes. So they came to have that sin washed away from them, to be forgiven. And the Pharisees just stood there, arms folded. Other people came to the Jordan who felt horrible for sins they've done against God. And they were tired of failing God all the time. So they came to John the Baptist to have that all washed away and to be forgiven. 
but not the Pharisees. They thought everything was just fine with them. All these other people had the problems, not them. So they just stood there, arms folded, shaking their heads at everyone else who's coming. But really, the Pharisees should have rejoiced. So many people were coming to John the Baptist at the Jordan. But they did not rejoice. The Pharisees should have been glad people were repenting and being washed clean. But they were not glad. The Pharisees should have even looked inside themselves a little bit more. They should have seen that they were no different than these people coming to be washed. And those Pharisees should have climbed down into that water right alongside the prostitutes and the tax collectors. And they should have also been washed. Because they should have known better. They knew the Bible better than anyone else. But they refused to climb down into that water. They just stood there, arms folded, sneering at all these other sinners coming to get washed, coming to be forgiven. It may seem like the Pharisees became the New Testament bad guys. And they fought Jesus a lot. They fought against having sinners made clean by God. And that's why Jesus said to them today, Truly I say to you that tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. The Pharisees watched other sinners come and be washed and made clean. And they thought to themselves, good. Those sinners need to be washed. They are disgusting people. But not me. I'm okay. The Pharisees failed to see that they were no different than all those people in the Jordan River. Pharisees didn't realize they were just like everyone else. It can be so easy to put ourselves on a spiritual pedestal sometimes. And we've all done it. We'll hear about a sin someone gave into. Maybe it was someone on the news who robbed a store. And we shake our heads, blame bad parenting, shake our heads, cross our arms and say, how horrible. I just don't know how people can do that. Or maybe we hear about a sin a member of our own family did. Brother, sister, aunt or uncle, cousin, and we just shake our head and fold our arms at what they've done, saying, I just can't believe they did that. They've disappointed the whole family. It's so easy to talk about sin like it's foreign to us. So easy to look at someone else's sin, fold our arms, shake our heads, and say how horrible they are. But I bet that other person could say the same thing about you. Look at your sins, fold their arms, shake their heads. 
If people actually knew all of our sins, wouldn't they also cross their arms at you? If people knew your sins, the ones in your hearts, the sins in your minds, would they shake their heads at disgust at you? Probably. Sadly, I bet all of us can be pretty good sometimes at acting like a bunch of grumpy old Pharisees crossing our arms and shaking our heads at everyone else but ourselves. We do this all the time. But really, are any of us any different? Are any of us immune from sin? Are any of us so perfect that we can just stand there with our arms folded, shaking our heads at everyone else? There are so many sins. Sins of the flesh, of the body. Sins of the mind. There are so many sins we're embarrassed about. Sins that hurt ourselves. Sins that hurt other people. So can we honestly stand here and be so judgmental of others, failing to see that we're all in the same boat? Every single one of us on our own are lost, completely lost. Thankfully, though, we are not on our own. Jesus did not want the Pharisees, or any sinner for that matter, To just stand there with our arms crossed, rejecting what God is doing for us. When you think about it, there's really only one person who can stand here with his arms crossed, upset over sin. And that one person is Jesus. There's really only one person in all the world who has the right To stand here and shake his head at us. And that is Jesus. Jesus is the only one who has earned the right to stand here, arms folded, shaking his head at us in disapproval, saying, how could you do that? How could you reject me so easily every single day? How could you be so weak? Well, Jesus could... Say that to us. But Jesus does not say that to any of us. Jesus does not stand here in front of you with his arms folded, staring you down in judgment. No, instead, Jesus stands here before you with his arms stretched wide open, nailed to a cross. He stands in front of you, not judging you, but judging himself for you. He stands in front of you, not shaking his head at you. No, Jesus stands here with his head bowed down and lowering his head in death on the cross. Jesus stands in front of you, with his crucifixion open to you, ready to call all of you to come to his sacrifice, which was done all for you. He stands in front of all of us, welcoming 
each and every one of us to be washed in his blood for the forgiveness of our sins every second of every minute of every hour of every day. That's just who Jesus is. And that's just what Jesus does. He comes to set everything right that has gone so horribly wrong in this world. And to do that, he invites tax collectors and sinners to come to him. He welcomes all of us to come to him. He welcomes all of us every day to unfold our grumpy arms, put them down to our side, and realize we are all really the same. Every single one of us is the same. And every single one of us desperately needs Jesus and what Jesus has done for all of us on the cross. Nothing makes God happier than to have you come and believe in him. And to believe that what he has done for you really has freed you from all of your sins. Every single one of them. That is God's greatest joy. That's what he wants to do for you. After all, that's why Jesus came in the flesh in the first place. He came in the flesh and in the blood to offer a sacrifice for you. And he's done that all for you. None of us have to act like the Pharisees. We really don't. We can unfold our arms and in humility realize we're all the same in this world. No matter who we are, no matter where we were born, no matter what our lives look like, we're really all the same. We are sinners in great need. And thanks to God, he has met every single one of our needs in Christ and in what Christ is offering through you, through his sacrifice given all for you. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.